God bless fantasy football. There are many things a man can do with his time. And this, well, this is better than those things. hey Welcome back again to good old fantasy football. Today we are getting into wide receivers ranked from 10 to 1. Um, if you think we've been silly, goofy, idiotic in the past, let me introduce our guest today. We have Matt. Hello, audience. <laughs> uh, Chaz and I are here with um, our producer, Mike. Connor can't make it today, which is why Matt is filling in. Um, leading up to Connor's wedding, Matt might be here a few times, hopefully. Yeah, the first thing I'd like to do is just question Connor's uh, commitment to this. You we know? have. I, mean, <laughs> I like where his head's at already. Yeah, I, to have some priorities, Connor. <laughs> Wedding? No. Yeah, dude. Football. That's why Chaz and I did that before. Yeah, you get married. Well, I got married in November, so it was definitely during football season. I can't say. But it wasn't during podcast season. Well, that's true. We weren't started yet, so I knew where we'd be eight months after right. getting married. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump into our rankings. At number 10, we start with a Monroe St. Brown. Connor, Chaz, and I all have him at 10. So we're all pretty same thought there. Yeah, and I think he is the 10th overall. Like it, it, We don't have much deviation from him. I think he is going to be the guy as long as he's healthy. And even halfway through the season when Jameson Williams comes back, I don't think he's going to steal any work really from – Amra. Amra just gets every target. Yeah, I don't think that digs into his workload. Uh, Might take away a touchdown here or there because he's kind of like a big play guy when he will be on the field. But Amra is so consistent as being a pass catcher and can really do anything. Amra was number eight last year. Uh, so we have him at 10, two spots below where he finished last year. I think Jared Goff continues what he's doing at Detroit. Uh, he looked good last year. And yeah, Amra is by far the, the best talent there. Do you like taking him in the second round? I would take him on in the second round, yeah. Um, especially if he's my wide receiver, too. But even if I got a, a stud running back in the first, I'd, I'd be happy with him as my Yeah, like right now, the one. middle of the second, like, I feel like that's pretty good for the guy that went or finished eighth overall. Yeah, I, I would take him. He dominated last season. Yeah, he had so many catches. And he wasn't like a huge name before last year, right? No. no. He, he had a streak of eight catches in a game for however many That's weeks. what it was, yeah. I, yeah. Last year was this big jumping off point. I think he continues right where he left off. Yeah, it was his sophomore leap that we talked about last episode. He was a rookie last year? No. Last year was, oh, last sophomore, year was a sophomore leap, and he continues it this yeah. year. So it's kind of like how we predicted that Chris Olave type. Maybe, I know Garrett Wilson's going to come up. That guy that – we're not talking about as a superstar that takes their jump now into those guys that are top tens. Right. Um, speaking of Garrett Wilson, he is our number nine. Yeah, I um, knew he was going to be very close behind. Yeah, and again, we all have him at nine, so we all agree. I think he had a good rookie year. He gets a huge upgrade at quarterback with Aaron Rodgers, and they don't have many weapons there. Well, he did bring Alan Lazard with him, but and Alan Lazard's never. Up. But Alan Lazard's never been number one. No. Uh, so, even when he's been the top option in Green Bay, he's never performed as a number one. Yeah, he's never performed as a number one. So Garrett Wilson is going to have a pretty big year, I think, this year. I think so, too. 
That was you guys in the peanut gallery is pretty quiet over here. Um, I was going to say that I also just think these are two guys that like kind of fit the mold of what you want to be targeting in your receivers, especially in like the second and third round. Yeah, if like those young guys, first guys, and then match them with one of these. Stud wide receiver. Yeah, a few rooms. There's a pretty high floor there, but there's also such a high upside with like those second and third round receivers to go like a little bit more of a target share. I agree. Yeah, if your if your floor is one of these guys that's going to finish a wide receiver two, and your upside is top five receiver, I think we just talked about that with Amara and Garrett Wilson. You're right, fit the same mold with that. Absolutely, you feel very safe in the second round picking a guy like that. I, I'm happy with him as my number one. If I go double receiver and he's my second, uh, yeah. Very happy, very sound my wide receiver. I love it as wide receiver two. I need a stud running back if he's gonna be my, my wide receiver one, I think. Um, so if you got McCaffrey and somehow Garrett Wilson falls to the end of the second. I, w- I would I would be very happy with him there. Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm going say end of the first and I go running back, I don't love Wilson early second as my wide receiver one. I don't I like it. I, I'll do it. I just don't love it. We've talked before. I don't agree with Bijan in the first round, but if you're somebody that likes Bijan, gets him in the first, gets Garrett Wilson in the second. I think that's a lot of upside, but, but not, a lot not of the risk that goes right. with two really young guys. It could be two league winners. Yeah. But it, it could be two guys that are kind of not what you expect it, middle of the pack rather than toward the top. Yeah, because if they stay healthy, you know we're getting out of Chris McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Chubb, those guys yeah. to pair with somebody that is a second-year receiver, runs a little bit more risk. Like, what happens if Aaron Rodgers lost it as he's now approaching 40, 39? He's getting up there. It's has yeah. 40. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why, to me, too, I think I would probably prefer a Monroe over Garrett Wilson, to be honest. Um, for me, I just know that the Lions kind of have their offense set up, and he's just going to be an absolute target monster. Um, I'd kind of like to see Aaron Rodgers play a little bit in the Jets system first. And if anything, too, like I know he was hurt last year, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers played very well last year. No, I mean, no. that's that definitely scares me a little bit off. There's a big fall off from his MVP, back-to-back MVPs. But he's only, two, he's only one year removed from back-to-back MVP. And we know that's how right. the Lions are going to perform. Yeah, they're going to be the same team, if not better this year. Yeah, a yeah, lot probably less, better. Hopefully better. Yeah. I like the Lions. There's a lot less question marks surrounding him off, yeah. right? Yeah, Garrett Wilson. And, Garrett, and Jared Goff is not the quarterback. and will never be the quarterback for Aaron Rodgers, but he just over-targets a player. Yeah. Rodgers is good enough to spread the ball. I don't. He doesn't have a ton of weapons that are anywhere close to what Garrett Wilson could do, but he can spread the ball to worse receivers. Jared Goff's just going to target the hell out of Amon Ra. Yeah, you know Monroe's getting all those targets, and the, the Jets' offense a little bit. I've been seeing in training camp that their offensive line is just getting like destroyed every yeah. game. Yeah, and a little part of me is scared that like Rodgers gets like feud like nicks and bruises part way through the season and kind of starts to quit a little bit on that team. Hey, Connor's brought that up. Yeah. Connor brought up before that, like if they do start out one and three, zero oh and four, does Rodgers just? Pretty much throwing the town, just say fuck it and give up. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of what he did last year to an extent. So yeah, he wanted out of Green Bay and he just kind of lost it. I yeah. I think Rodgers has bounced back here. Now he's back with Nathaniel Hackett as his offense coordinator. It seemed like they had a big bond. It was even is Rodgers going to follow him to the Broncos last year? Now that Hackett proved that he's the worst head coach of all time, he gets his role again back as offense coordinator. Yeah. Put chip on his shoulder from those the fan or the uh, Sean Payton comments. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, the Jets will play their starters for at least a little bit on Saturday in their last preseason yeah, game I didn't against see the that Giants. Rogers. I don't know if the Giants play their starters, like their defense. It's going to be Rodgers handing the ball off, making a couple short passes, making sure that the offensive line does not look anything as bad as it has, and they're not going to get him hit at all. So it's going to be quick passes. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers sit in the pocket till the last second to throw deep. But if those quick passes are slants to Garrett Wilson – What's he doing with it? Is he just going down to, for injury sake, or is he, no, he going to make some moves? And he's a young guy. If he gets the ball in his hands, he's going to want to try yeah. to score. So he's not taking injury when you're young. So we'll at least see a little bit of something this yeah. weekend. Yeah, I think keeping an eye on the O line will be pretty important there. Yeah, I agree. Um, Mike, you talked about this guy last episode. We have CD Lamb at eight. Uh, the Connor goat. and I have him at eight. Chaz has him a little higher at six. What'd you say? He is the goat. Why? Well, he's a cowboy, so he's not the goat. But <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as Dak Prescott does not have an abysmal season, I think he uh, is going to be in the top five, no doubt. But he did have an abysmal season last year, and he was still in the top ten. Yeah, he was. Uh, the reason I have CD Lamb up at six, not in our consensus eight, is because I think Dak is just going to pepper him with targets. Yeah, and it's not going to like Cooper Rush did bad with him either. It's just. So no, it's hard to like CD Lamb, Lamb. I feel like I get that they brought in Brandon Cooks, and that's going to take a little bit away. But CD Lamb is clearly the best player on that offense, and they're going to force ways to get him the ball. So I, I think he's still up there. He's a great athlete, great player. I think they're going to force ways to get him the ball. I think he still finishes. I think it's, yeah. Well, Dak was the 18th ranked quarterback last year with 15 interceptions. So if any of that gets a little bit better, which would be hard to get worse. Top five, you know He's that not all good though. So. No, I. Well, he missed how many? He missed how many games? Saying that. the last year they were. He missed even the five, Dallas, uh, even the Dallas fans games. were talking about trading him away because they now Cooper Rush. Yeah. Like, but, there, there's a they, the Dallas fans already have a hatred for him as well, but they've already invested so much in the Dak Prescott. Like it's like you can't just. Chuck them like to the no, goals. and you're not chucking for a guy like Cooper Rush. You would have to draft somebody if you were going to go that. Like Cooper route. Rush isn't going anywhere. Like they could keep him. Yeah. Is he still on a rookie contract? He's a career. He's going to be a career backup there. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's fine. Uh, but if Dak goes down again, he's capable of keeping C. Lamb afloat. Because we see that Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. Like no matter what. 15 interceptions or not. That's I yeah. just don't agree with all of that. For fantasy, Slander. he has put up a lot of numbers. He's not a good quarterback in the NFL because he can't win the big game. But and I'm saying that about the Cowboys, too. Like, I, I just think he's a good quarterback, No, he, regardless of anything. He's a great fantasy quarterback, like we're saying. Um, sometimes he'll put up 400 yards and four touchdowns, and they'll lose the game. Yeah, yeah next that's week, crazy. And next week, he has 120 yards well. and two interceptions. If you could just figure that out, man, he would be lethal. But regardless of his play, yeah, CeeDee Lamb uh, will get a bunch of targets, a bunch of receptions, a bunch of yards, a bunch of touchdowns. He'll be he'll be a great receiver. That's why I have my hires, because I think – even with the addition of Brandon Cooks, he's still going to be very heavily targeted. Yeah, if anything, that opens the top a little more um, with his speed and gives CeeDee Lamb some more targets over the middle. Uh, moving on, number seven, we have A.J. Brown. Connor and I have him at seven. Chaz has him at eight, just one spot behind us. Uh, we were talking about Devontae Smith last episode, how he might – we wouldn't be surprised if he overtakes A.J. Brown as the number one receiver at Philly. But even if he did – they would be two 1A options. Yeah, and Devontae Smith, did, did A.J. Brown finish as a top-ten receiver last year? I believe he did. If not, he finished right outside of it. And he did that with not even having the most receptions on his team. 
That's what scares me a little bit about this year. If he can't repeat the touchdowns he has, because De- Devontae Smith and Dallas Scott are going to demand a lot of targets. AJ Brown was the number five receiver last year. Yeah. And he wasn't even the didn't even have the most receptions on his team. He's like he's a, he was the number four. Uh, it depends on your scoring, I guess. Uh, um, but that's crazy. But he was over Stephon Diggs. So he was a top yeah. five receiver and didn't have the most receptions on and his team. Left. So he's a touchdown guy, a big play receiver. If you keep set up, I think he's easily a top ten guy again. But I could see Devontae Smith coming up there with all these receptions. Yeah, he had just about 1,500 yards on 11 touchdowns. So even if that goes down a little bit in each category, he's still a top 10 option easily, if not still in the top five discussion. Yeah, and we did talk about last episode as well, the Eagles are going to have a tougher schedule this year, making them need to pass the ball more in the second half of games. Yeah, so if anything, I think he has even more upside than last year. He's got more chances, yeah. I think the one thing that scares me a little bit about him is that other than like compared to the other three guys we've talked about so far, his target share just like isn't as guaranteed as the rest of them. That's true. And I don't know if I want to be relying on somebody to like not regress a little bit in like the touchdown and big play category. And obviously he's in a great offense, so hopefully that doesn't happen. Especially but, when you're drafting at the end of first, early second, you have a guy that you're you're already predicting a little bit of regression. Yeah. And I think going with like a mid second round, like a Monrock, Garrett Wilson, CD Lamb, like probably is, feels a little safer to me at that point. His ADP is two hundred one. You sound very safe because the there has to be a little. Like, Connor, you know, Smith this could another, take the line, line, line though. He could take the line. Oh yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. But I also feel like not even in the top ten. I don't see that happening. You know, away from though, away from injury, I don't see him being outside. And he played all seventeen last game. He, he's. Not really a guy who's He's a lot of games. No, and I, I agree with Matt saying he might have a low regression, but we're talking about him going from the number four or five, maybe to eight to nine. Like, I still think even with aggression, he's a top 10 wide receiver. Right, which is safe. Even if he's not getting all those targets, I still think that's safe in the second round. I agree, but I also think all these top 10 guys are pretty safe. Like, I think, I think there's point, one that's not. Who would that be? Who's our next player? Next player is Devontae Adams. The guy that is not. I agree with that. Because of not him. He is going to be easily the best player on that offense, best player on the field most of the time that he's on the field. I just don't know if I believe in Garoppolo getting him the targets that he's going to need to be. Especially if they don't have Josh Jacobs anymore. That's a pretty good They do. Apparently, Josh Jacobs said that they'll be back before. Week one, or they going to tag him? Going at the same time. I didn't see. I didn't see anything with the contract. Well, they did tag him. He didn't sign his franchise tag. Uh, okay. So I don't know. I don't know how the contract's working out. If they're working that out, or if he's just going to sign the tag to play. The last thing okay. I saw, it seemed like he was going to stay there, but I don't know. You know, it's rumored that he's going to be there week one. I don't know contractually. That's, that's a word, right? All right. <laughs> I got there. You might have had an extra hard. <laughs> if um, it'll be off a franchise tag or a new contract or not, I'm, I'm not sure how he gets there, but he said he'd be in that week one. Yeah, which will help Adams if he is. You have him the lowest at seven. I have him at five. Connor the highest at four. I think even with Jimmy G, he creates so much separation. Jimmy G might not be able to hit him on the deep ball like other quarterbacks have, but I still think he gets a lot of targets and a lot of completions, even if they're shorter yardage completions versus what he's had in his career. And if Jimmy G can throw that deep ball, I think he doesn't miss a beat from where he was the last however many years he's been on top. 
Yeah, because he has been – you're right. He creates a lot of separation. It makes it a lot easier for a lower-level quarterback like Garoppolo to hit him. Right. Uh, we talked about it of Devontae Adams made – everybody made a big fuss last year. Is he going to be the same receiver going from an Aaron Rodgers down to a Derek Carr? And he did. He was, what, top five again or at least top ten at the, easy, at the lowest? Definitely top five. But I think it's an even bigger tier jump of going from a guy that's Derek Carr to Garoppolo. Yeah. And Garoppolo has never stayed healthy in a full season. So what's his backup going to look like? Right. I don't know. He was number three last year. Who is the backup for the Raiders? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think my feeling is that the Raiders are going to suck also. But they're going to be a bad they're team. They're going to be a very bad team. And what I'm else a little is scared. scared. What else? Yeah. yeah. But, and Jimmy G, like, does he even play a full 17 games? Even if they do, are they, like, getting rid of guys halfway through the season? I don't know if he ever has that long. Yeah. So my thing is bad team, bad offense. You're going to be losing games. You're going to keep throwing. It's looking like a rebuild. Game. And you're going to throw to the best. Like, even if he's not open, game. you're going to throw the best player. Regardless of the quarterback, whether it's Jimmy G or someone else, again, the separation he creates, it's still an NFL professional quarterback. They can hit someone five yards on the field when he's got three yards of separation. Never, Maybe not as consistent as I've some people. I've never Jimmy Garoppolo. I, no, I think Garoppolo's fine. I don't like, think he's a great quarterback, but he gets a good lot quarterback. Of a lot he does of get a lot of hate because he's never won anything. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. To, I don't think he's that. I think he gets a lot of hate terrible, because he doesn't really throw it on the field. It's like the McNabb hate. Like, he McNabb gets a lot of hate because he got a huge contract after playing four games four, for the Patriots. Four meaningless games. Right, where yeah. he went four now and he looked good on the Patriots when they were – Yep. Mid dynasty. Yeah, and then he came. And then San he got Francisco, a ton of money. Won like six games, meaningless games, and then got yeah. paid. But I, I think he'll get Adams the ball, even if Adams is a little lower than last year. It's only the option. Um, yeah, his yards per catch might be down a lot. It might be the shorter routes, but Devontae Adams, but half PPR, PPR, whatever, he's still going to get so many targets, yeah. so many catches. Yeah, got to get those yak yards up. So you are you saying catch. he's the only risk in the top 10, whatever? I still think that he – I think there's still is. one other player with a big risk. But, yeah, I, I think he is the biggest risk out of those top 10 that we're talking about. Jefferson's not your risk, right? No. Okay. As much as I love that, <laughs> Jefferson is not the risk. In previous episodes, he has said that Justin Jefferson is a 1A to Jordan Addison's 1B. He won't even give him just a straight 1 and Addison a 2. A rookie we haven't seen in the NFL before. You said that it'll, yes. be, it'll be brought up. <laughs> it'll be brought up in this episode. Don't worry. I'm just waiting till the end. Justin All Jefferson. right. Next we'll is wait. our number five, Stephon Diggs. I have at six. Connor Chaz having at five. I'm a little down Diggs compared to his previous years. I still have my sixth wide receiver. Um, I think he he. I just heard a report that he doesn't want to be in Buffalo. I don't think he's going to demand a trade. I heard he did demand a trade, or he asked to be traded. It wasn't a demand. Right. He's still going to play. So there's some bad blood in Buffalo right now. Chaz and I have talked about how I think Buffalo is going to be a little worse than they have been. I still think playoff team, Chaz, obviously, is not. He's a wild card team. But I, I think that they're, as a team, going to be down a little bit. And I think Stiggs is bad blood with the Bills right now. It's going to drop him off a little bit. Again, I still have number six. I still, I still like him. Every time that... Bad blood has been brought up with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. Josh Allen has went out of his way to throw him the ball even more. That's true. But that was always like a game-to-game basis. It wasn't asking to be traded from the team. Right. So Diggs, Diggs also tweeted yesterday that the rumors weren't true. Okay. I okay. That. Which I mean, goes at the end of the day, you still got to get your job. You still got yeah, to get You still have a contract to play. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Top five. Wide receiver has come, like just throwing the ball. But every time that he's like 
came out and said that he was not happy the way he was targeted. Josh Allen the next week went out of his way to overly target him. Yeah. Now, last year in the playoffs when they lost, Diggs was yelling on the sidelines, I think, at Allen. That um, he wanted because Diggs knows he's the best. Diggs been, arguably one of the best receivers in football right. and the best player on the like best athlete on the field out there. Yeah. But he's like, just throw me the ball. Yeah. We'll make it happen. Where Allen decides he's going to run it and do it himself. Right. Again, still our fifth consensus receiver. Still a beast. Yeah. And I think uh, I'm not worried about Gabe Davis taking anything away. Gabe Davis has yet to stay uh, healthy. Very and he's a big play guy. Even on his games where he has two deep touchdowns, Diggs is still getting I think a ton of catches. That's probably think, like the most, that's definitely the most Gabe Davis will do all season. I think catch wise, Don Kincaid, the rookie tight end, could take a little bit away. They draft him in the first round to be a pass catching tight end. I think that could take away a little bit of touches, but not enough to take him anywhere outside the top five. Yeah, and I think he's more going to take like the slap touches, like the Cole Beasley. Yeah, he's going to be that Cole Beasley type role. Because they were even talking about Dawson Knox is still going to be on the field, kind of as like a blocking tight end, then you have Kikade as slot guy type. I think the one thing with Diggs, too, one, I think that he's ranked a, like a little lower for people this year just because we're like getting bored of him being on the Bills every year. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, too, I had him in fantasy last year, and I remember at the end of the year, they have all those cold games. And yeah. like he pretty routinely puts up his worst performances at the end of the year every year when you're in the middle of your fantasy play. Oh, when you need him the most. Yeah, yeah, which can be frustrating. Especially if you had him in the past and you're already frustrated. Yes. <laughs> last year. Yeah. But then you take him again, you're happy all season until yeah. But then again. week eight, you're probably gonna be thinking yourself if you decided to pass on him. And yeah, right, I always right. tend to pass on him. I never drafted Diggs once. It's it's tough because if you would have had the Allen Diggs stack last year, like one person in our league won it last year with the Allen Diggs stack. Like it, you also had Jacobs later in the yeah. draft that happened to be a great surprise. But Allen Diggs got him a lot of wins by themselves. Yeah. And yeah, he, he won the league. But with this year, doing the Allen Dick stack, you're taking them first and second round. Like that's, that's if you're getting tough. both of them. It's it's early second, late first, and then you're hoping to get Allen. I don't early it's third. Second. second, yeah, it's a tough. You're stack. taking him in the late second, early third. Yeah, a lot of leagues he's not getting in the third. All right, moving on. We have a number four Cooper Cup. I have him at three. Connor six. Chaz four. I think he's going to be fine. Um, I heard Stefania Bell for ESPN, like their health person, um, said she totally believes he'll be on the field fully healthy week one. As of now, everyone on the Rams is healthy. Before he got hurt last year, he was by far the number one receiver. Uh, it's it, They have no one else to throw to on the Rams. Stafford loves him. Again, always open, ton of targets. He's he's still a great number one receiver. And he was the number one receiver in football until he got hurt last year. By a lot. And that's Jefferson putting up the numbers he did. Yeah, Cooper Cup was way out front. Of well, in the year before, it was triple crown, number one receiver in the league until he got hurt, and now he's healthy again. So I think he's still – again, I have a three. I think he's still there, top three. But I think he runs – I think this is my other guy that runs the risk of – Stafford's another year older. You have Stetson as a backup if Stafford can't stay healthy, which you don't know what that's going to look like in yeah. the NFL. But, yeah, Cooper Cup is always open. Another and, team that should be losing a lot, have to throw a lot. And when they're both on the field healthy together, Stafford only looks to throw to Cooper Cup. Like, there's no other receiver out there. It doesn't matter. You right. could have ten guys – you could have nine guys blocking. Stafford drops back. Cooper Cup's the only guy running the route. Like, yeah. 
he's going to throw it to Cup no matter what. But I think he runs at a little bit of injury risk. They're both another year older. Yeah, no real concern with Cup as a football player, but I do. I am a little bit concerned about the offense as a whole. And honestly, I'm a little bit concerned that Matt Stafford like might not be a good quarterback anymore. And it's nothing to do with his talent, but like he was so banged up last year that he had to come out and like tell people he wasn't retiring. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not a good, not a good sign for your starting quarterback, especially when like all the signs are pointing to them having a pretty bad O line and like not having much on defense other than Aaron Donald. Like this is just absolutely a rebuilding year for them. And I think that is the only concern for me is similar to the Devontae Adams thing where they just might be like mailed in halfway through the season. Yeah, especially if Stafford's not the guy anymore. So where would you take Cup? Like, what, what do you have him ranked as, you personally? Uh, I'd probably take Cup. I mean, I I would put Jefferson, Jamar, Tyreek, and then I'd probably have a decision to make between him and Diggs. So you have him four or five. So yeah, still, he's still, he's still in the top five right. for sure. But and I'm I just, like, a little more concerned about that. It seems like, at least going through mock drafts, that that little bit of a hamstring injury knocked him from like pretty much the consensus fourth overall pick to, or yeah, fourth, fifth overall pick down to depending your on your Eckler cup, your eight or nine. Yeah. So now you're getting a talent like him at the later end of the first, which it just really comes down to him. like we know he's going to have good games, but like how many? If he's on the field healthy, he's going to have all of them. So I think his floor games. is still. But low end wide But you need one. Matt Stafford to have that many good games. He's got to get him the ball. You're right. If they're both, you're you're pretty much drafting Cup to say him and Stafford are both going to be healthy. Both its line is going to be good enough to sustain. What, what the hell is the the Rams running? running Game makers who was and top five running back the last six weeks of the season. Yeah, once he came back from injury, he was good. Yeah, once he got healthy. Um, but I so I think Cup's floor is low end wide receiver one, and his ceiling is wide receiver one. So if you can get someone like that, who I still think is safe, again, when healthy, um, but if you're getting him at the end of the first rather than the beginning of the first, yeah. I think it's yeah, I agree. fine there. I, I still like him. I just Number three, we have the Cheetah Tyree Kill. I am at four, Connor three, Chaz three. Yeah, he's the fastest player on the field, and Tua loves to throw deep. And we even saw once last year that he picked up somebody else's fumble and ran it 50 yards for a touchdown. Like, Anytime he touches the ball, he can get a score touchdown. Regardless of the situation, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, Tua loves throwing the ball. Him and Waddle, I mean, they can both produce it, at high rates, and Tyreek kills the one. Tua missed one. how many games, and they both finished top 10 receivers last year. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at it earlier, too. If you look at the Dolphins' depth chart with receivers and tight ends, it is like... It's it is that, hilarious to try to guess who's on that team other than him and Waddle. And Mike McDaniel is just going to Mike Gusecki, she's still the tight end? No, he's going no, to. No, he's with the Patriots. Okay. Matt Collins is now with Atlanta. Yeah. Who's, the, who's the Dolphins tight end? I think it's, it's like Derby Smythe or something like that. That's a <laughs> nice name. It's, yeah, it's a sick name. But, I mean, I think he's just been like a blocking tight end most of his career. But two is not looking to anybody except for when you have Waddle and Hill, you don't need to look for anybody yeah. else. And Every time he drops them. back, you know you don't know which one of the two is going to get the ball, but it's going to be one of the two. Yeah. Or he's going to hit his head and be out for well, a couple games. Yeah. But then the backup, again, like we said last year, 
it doesn't matter who their quarterback is. Obviously, two is their best option, but yeah, even last year with the backups, Tyreek wasn't that bad. No, he was and, still really and good. They, I think they have Mike White as their backup. Yeah, now, Mike White's like at the very backup. least, like made Garrett Wilson like pretty decent last yeah. year. Beat the Durham Smythe. You're right. Yeah, how you knew that's that. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you, I was looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, like to J. Jeff Jamar Tyreek is like a clear top tier in my opinion. I guess those are just like three guys that I really don't, barring an injury, I think none of them are going to be yeah. less than a top five or six. Earlier in the year, I had Cup over Hill, but. With that little bit of hamstring, and I, I have more confidence in Tua, staying healthy, and Hill, both staying healthy together, than I do have the combination of Stafford and Cup. Okay, yeah, I agree. That's fair. I think a lot of that too is like playoff aspirations. Like I'm just not even convinced Stafford's going to be out there the whole season, even if he's no, healthy. I agree. If that team's that bad, maybe they do. Even if he's not hurt, at what point do you look at Stetson Bennett or or another backup on that team to just? See what the future is because Stafford's at the end of his career. He's not yeah. in the future. So if they're out of the playoffs, at what point do they start to look somewhere else? But again, just like we were talking about um, with Demonte Adams, even if he has a different quarterback, it might be a couple of less targets because, like we said, Stafford peppers some targets. But he's always going to have that separation. Yeah, he definitely is one of the guys I can get. Yeah, because we're not talking about Cup being. Being the biggest receiver, and he's not the fastest on the field either. He's just one of those guys that can get separation, knows how to run every route, and sometimes he just gets lost on these defenses and is wide open 40 yards down the field. He'll catch the ball sometimes, and there's not a defender on the screen. Yeah, and it's like a go route. Like, it's it's wild. He's just (laughs) open. It's like, don't guard the white guy. That's literally their game plan, and then he scores three touchdowns on you that day. Right. But still, yeah, Tyree Kill is uh, the safer play, I think, with a healthy Tua right now in the offense that's better. Um, they're going to be in the playoffs or near the playoffs where the Rams, yeah, we have pretty low overalls team. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like Hill over Cup, but both have a lot of upside. All right, our consensus number two is Jamar Chase. That's where Connor and I have him, but Chaz has him as his number one receiver, and I know why. I have Jamar Chase in the number one because he's going uh, – I think it's a better offense. I think Joe Burrow – It is a better offense. Joe Burrow being the quarterback, Joe Mixon at running back. You have T. Higgins, when healthy, takes more targets away than anybody the Vikings have had till now. But I think Jamar Chase is – going to have his year that this is his number one year. It's more sophisticated. Chaz's offense. Yeah, it's it's definitely a harder offense. The Vikings offense is giving the ball to Delvin. They together more. Just throw the ball to Jefferson. They have mostly everything they need. But Brent has alluded to my point of Jordan Addison taking a lot of targets away from Justin Jefferson. Which is why you have Jamar ahead of him. Which is why I have Jamar Chase above Jefferson. So you have Addison way over T. Higgins, but you don't in your rankings. No, it's 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 how they're used in their offense, I think. So say they were both on the Raiders with Derek Carr last year. Who's the better receiver? They're two completely different players. Who's the better receiver? Jordan Addison. I'm talking about Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Oh, If uh, they're both on the Raiders last year with Derek Carr, who's the better receiver? Who's the number one? 
I think Jamar Chase. Okay, so you do you yeah, think no, Jamar no, is better? I, I think Jamar Chase is the better athlete, better receiver. Justin Jefferson is one of those guys that we talk about, like Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is not the biggest, fastest, strongest guy on the field. He's one of those guys that can run a great route and get open, which is why he's always open, and Kirk Cousins can give him the ball. I think this is the year that Jamar Chase shows that he is up there as one of the best athletes on the field and puts himself another step above the other players that are on his team and gets the number one overall wide receiver one this year. I mean, I have him at two, obviously. I, I love Jamar. I think he's going to do even better than last year. Burrow is better than Kirk Cousins. Um, the offense in general is better in Cincinnati. Yes. Even with Addison in Minnesota, I think that the Bengals have more mouths to feed. Uh, with Nixon out of the backfield, you got Jamar, you got T. Higgins, you got Tyler Boyd. I still think Jamar will finish as the number two. And if he finishes number one, I won't be surprised. But I think Jefferson has done it one extra year than Jamar has. Yeah, once. So one more extra year, he's proven himself, which isn't a big deal. But I just think that Jefferson's safer. Even though uh, Jefferson has been the number one like consensus, and I, it's totally warranted, he had maybe the best season, one of the best seasons like ever last year. I I don't hate your take. You got Jamar at one. Not Jamar at one. I'm not like totally sold on putting him at one yet. But the way that I think about it is, there. If you look back in ten years, it's going to probably be. Like that was the decade where Jamar and then J. Jeff were just like easily the yep. best receiver. They were the one and two guys. One and two guys, and like probably not really able to separate either of them by that much. And I don't necessarily mind going with like the higher floor offense. Yeah, and it's it's how you draft you too. I mean, these guys are besides McCaffrey being up in that top three. These two are taking the top three. Right. It, it all depends on your preference, uh, again, if, of if your which offense, one you want. quarterback. But, yes. They're if both. you're at the number one pick, it's which one do you want. Right. If I'm at the number one pick, I'm taking Chase. And that's totally fair. Again, like you said, it's it's totally – and a you lot can't of, go wrong with either one. And a lot of that is I want Jordan Addison that's a part of that offense. I want – so – You want Addison in the eight. Higgins being a number two to Jamar Chase, I think – still finishes the year above the number two, like Jordan Addison. But you're talking about you have to spend a third-round value on a guy like Higgins where Jordan Addison is now going to be on an offense with Justin Jefferson, who is the number one receiver in the league, who's going to have to be double-covered every game. Kirk Cousins now has this guy that is a better player than Thielen has been the last couple of years. As the number two. The reason I like Jordan as is because you have to double Jefferson every play, which leaves Jordan Addison on single coverage. He's going to demand a lot of targets because of that reason. Well, you could say the same reason for the Bengals receivers. T. Higgins is kind of a proven guy to where. Addison's a rookie. He's not proven in the NFL. Yeah, like a safety has to stay over the top because Higgins is that big play. Right. He's a big bottom goal and get it. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase could do everything. Yeah, they could be your the guy that leads you in receptions. He could also be your big play guy. Higgins is really a big play threat. So you, there's kind of that safety that has to be there to watch over it. You can't strictly just double cover a guy like Jamar Chase because of that offense. Like we're talking about, that's a better offense. You can't yeah. just put double coverage. On. Well, I think your 
your best point is if you're looking to get the wide receiver two on either of those teams, Higgins is going at 3-10, so end of the third round. Addison's going at 9-3, so beginning of the ninth round. So that's a six-round difference where the top guys are one or two. Yeah, and you still are talking about Jordan Addison finishing the number one overall rookie wide receiver, probably top ten wide receiver. And you draft him in the ninth round, that's pretty good. Right. So if you get Jamar at top three and Addison in the ninth round, that's way better than Jefferson at top three and Higgins in the third round. Yeah, and it's another, like, I don't want both guys. Like, I, I don't want to play that game of having. Right. But now if we're just looking at those two strictly one versus one, then I still have Jefferson a little higher. But if you're looking I, at I think term, I think Jamar Chase is this year going to prove that he's just as good or better. And being in that better offense with the better quarterback, I think, helps. Right, which, which totally makes sense. If you, if you take all the number twos away and everything else, I think having the better quarterback in the more proven run game as well with Cincinnati, not really knowing what Madison's going to do with the Vikings. I, I like Chase better. But, yeah, we're definitely arguing over nothing. the guys that are going to yeah. be one and two. Right. And they're drafted one and two. Like, there's no value taking one over the other. They're picked at the same spot. Right. They are clearly two of the best young receivers that we've seen in a very long time. And personally, I just really love the thought of like some FCS school playing LSU as like their warm up that year and like some future car salesman having to cover Jamar Chase and Justin <laughs> Jefferson. Yeah, all with, Joe Burrow slinging the ball around. Yeah, with Clyde Edwards. Yeah, with CEH in the backfield. With with Randy Moss's kid playing tight end. <laughs> I mean, that's just. Yeah, that was a great offense. Yeah, that was a great. Offense. I mean, that is just a great. That's just a great thought right there. And I think the Eagles could have had Justin Jefferson. Which brings us to our consensus number one. We just basically, oh, <laughs> <laughs> we basically just said everything we need to say about it. But yeah, we have Jefferson. Connor and I have Jefferson at one. Chaz has him at two. I really thought Jalen Rager was making that jump that you were talking about. I think he he's a couple years out still. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, not much more to say about Jefferson that we haven't already said. No, he's – it's not really even an argument of who's one and two. It, it, they're like a coin toss, I think, who's going to finish one and two. Right, totally your preference. That's all we got. That is 10 through one on receivers. Um, if you agree or disagree with any of our decisions and you want to let us know, comment on Instagram, reach out to us. Um, let us know if you think any of the top ten should have been lower or any of the 20 through 11 should have been in the top 10. Uh, our next episode will be our tight end rankings. Yeah. And if you want to hear any more from our beautiful guests that we've had today, definitely let us know. We'll try to get them back on. I know they didn't say much, but we felt their presence and, and they were needed here today. Feel free to congratulate me on being a guest today if you'd like. Who knows? You might see him again. <laughs> we got a golf clap for Mike. So. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next time. Cheers.